Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice, if you want to tip the scale, just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show, mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi folks, uh, how are you all doing out there? You're very welcome along. We're a bit lonesome today, we've only the three of us. Um, Shane McGrath, Shane McGrath was meant to come with us and uh, haven't, haven't tuned in team over the weekend. Um, on the tip semi finals, we'd have been liking to be picking his brains, but he got caught up in something with the school, I think. So, uh, sorry not to have Shane, but we'll uh, we'll have a stab at things anyway. Mark, you're back, you're yes. back from weather, you're back from weather, kid. <laughs> I am exhausted. I'm Jesus, I tell you, aeroplanes, trains, and automobiles, it was. Um, was some crack now. Getting there was, Jesus, it was between the paperwork, between the local vest, the department vest, uh, getting the toolbox from a neighbour, making sure that it was okay to, to see where they to go, the trainer, the, uh, the handler over. And, and we haven't even left the country at this stage. Like, and um, we, um, we, we took the ferry, supposed to take the two o'clock ferry at four o'clock, uh, sorry, two o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Uh, to get a text on the way up to say it was delayed two hours. So we said we'd pop over to Jackie's sister in Dunleary. So we stayed there till about, we were staying there till 12. Then we got another text that said it's going to be delayed till another two hours. So we, uh, we ended up going over at two o'clock and we checked in and we had to sleep in the car till six o'clock in the morning. Thankfully, we all slept, to be honest, Dela. So we left at seven o'clock for a ferry that was supposed to leave at two o'clock. And, um, and then we had to drive which was supposed to be a two hour, two and a half hour drive over to Weatherby, ended up being five hours in traffic on a Friday. So that was tough going on. I missed one of the races. My brother, Nock Evans, was running at two o'clock. So we missed that. And um, we boxed onto the hotel. So it was obviously our, our 11th anniversary as well, our wedding anniversary. So I was double jobbing and I got a lot of brownie points. I could tell you all over the weekend. And um, we ended up then going to Weatherby the following day to the races. So we were over early. And uh, we checked in there, went into the owners and trainers, and shot. when herself saw the, the attire that was in there for the racing track, nothing would do already to go out and buy a few hats for herself. So she said, for the next day out, Jesus. I know what to be wearing. But, um, <laughs> this but, cost your fortune, And, and we hadn't even got to the race at this stage, like, you know? <laughs> but, um, How far is Weatherby from, from where you were staying, indeed? About 30 minutes. But we, we arrived, uh, the first race was 20 past one. We arrived around 11 o'clock and there was a queue of people going into the races. And a magnificent uh, setting and magnificent stadium and facilities, stands and, and like the, the, the host of one hour race, um, Bali Ali's Dory, I think, or something like that. Was it? Well, the, the, the roar that went up for the crowd. Now, I, I, I was at Cheltenham about 15 years ago and um, 
they often talk about the roar that goes up from the grandstand. But there was a, a horse well back from our race, and it obviously hit the front three furlongs out, and the roar was incredible. And there's three hurdles up the up the home straight, and every time the horse jumped, the, the roar from the crowd was incredible. It was um, it was a great feeling, I must say. Now, and uh, Jack and the lad and the three kids were delighted, and um, we went into the prayer ring afterwards, Stella, and we. Um, ITV were there and they were on live and Charlie, of course, being a scamp, said I wanted to go on television to push, so he came over and then he jumped in front of the camera. So, and then this master James, only four years of age, when he saw the other people doing it, he followed him as well. So, we had great crack, you know, I must say. Yeah, yeah, Mick Fitz, good, good, good hurling man, too. Good hurling man. Yeah. Wex, Wexford, yeah, and bit of, lim- bit of Limerick in him, too, TJ. Yeah. Been a there for a while, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. His dad had a, pa- a bar there, hadn't he? Yeah, dad is a bar in defending, that's right, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good guy, good guy, Mick. Met him in Newbury one time with Holly Baker and Jim McInerney and myself. We we were racing. Uh, we went down to the, the Hennessy Gold Cup and the lads were going off to a soccer match and someone else was going to a rugby match and we said we'd go racing. So we got to train down anyway. And so we sent out Baker to do a bet on the last race. And the television was gone off, and we were in the bar, myself and Jim McInerney. Uh, the television would have been gone off, you know, the last race, the live telly would have been gone yeah. So, next thing I said, here's Baker back, and Mick Fitzgerald is with him, my sister Jim. So, <laughs> Mick Fitz joined us for, for about two hours, and he went to be asked to leave the bar later on. The oh. Yeah, so uh, we, yeah, we contacted him every so often. There. He's a good, good bloke, very good bloke. Queen, the ground has gone too soft for her anyway, Max, was it? Yeah, unfortunately, when we entered her, the ground was good there, and she needs good ground, a bit like Dundalk, like, you know, that to be to be fairly firm. So they were watering the track in advance because there was, Jesus, like Paisley Park ran, and we met the owners of Paisley Park there. Um, Shine Aim was running as well, another horse for Paul Nichols, so, and Shen Blue. So there was a lot of big stable styles were there on Saturday, and um, the most important thing is the ground would be safe. So they had watered the track. And then Monday and the Tuesday, and then so there was a deluge came on Thursday and Friday, so it just had gone against him. And we were talking to Johnny, Johnny uh, Buck, the jockey afterwards, and he said, you know what, I turned into the straight and I thought I had a chance actually to get third, but he said the, min- the minute she hit the soft ground coming up the straight that she just she just couldn't handle it. So importantly that she was safe. She travelled for us well and she jumped great. We were thrilled with Ken Buds. The trainer was absolutely delighted with her. It was an experience, and Johnny just said, look, lads, you want a bit of black type for her. Musselboro next year. That ground will be very, very firm there. Get a mile in seven there. Good sharp track to suit it on the ground. So, you know, we, we, we went over with a plan and we came home with a new plan. So that's why the, the experience of having a good jockey on board would give you a view for, for what you should be doing, you know. So Jackie and the lads might stay at home next year, you know, myself and TJ might go with you like yeah, to Musselboro. <laughs> we'd, we'd fly, though, TJ. We'd fly, oh, we'd fly, yeah. <laughs> Shannon Manchester. Shannon Manchester and get the train up. It's up a long way. Tough. How are things, TJ? Good. Dilla. What I was going to explain there to um, non-racing followers was what Mark was trying to do on Saturday was, right, was getaway queen as a mayor, right? So she was running in a race, uh, which is a listed race, right? So Mark would be hoping in time that getaway queen will be having babies, right? And that if getaway queen could have ran into a place, second or third, in a race which is listed as a black type, like a graded race or a listed race, all of a sudden the babies become much more expensive. So that's that was the plan. It didn't work. So he's got another chance of doing it. That's the beauty of it. There was two horses that ran in Weatherby. I would say the winner, trained by Dan Skeleton, Molly Ali's Wishes, is a good horse and has won for a notebook. And in the Charlie Hall, Mark Chen Blue, like he was 20 lengths clear when he fell at third last. 
definitely That's one. Right. If so, if somebody has a notebook, I'd be putting Shan Blue in the notebook for the Ryanair in Cheltenham. The way he travels, the way he jumps, I could see him taking it up at the top of the hill in Cheltenham and kind of doing them all for tour, a little bit like Aloha this year. So there's a long-term 20 or 25 to one shot for the Ryanair for next year. So that completes Good. the racing podcast for the week, right? <laughs> he could go, <laughs> Shan Blue could go for the King George, could he? Shan Blue could go for the King George, yeah, flat track. Mm, suit him flat right track, there, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say that he might struggle over the three miles with better horses, but I think that maybe the Ryanair in Cheltenham long term would be absolutely jumped brilliantly in Cheltenham last year, just didn't didn't get home. Ideal. One, one for down the road. But Mark, unlucky. It was optimistic what you were trying to do. It was a very good race. They were all represented. Uh, Dan McCain, Paul Nichols, like Nicky Henderson. You were, you were certainly in a deepened. A Ken Buds. A Ken Buds. A Buds. He was in great company. Dello, before we move on to the hurling, or I think that's why we're here anyway, right? Let, I just yeah, see, did, you uh, did, you join up, did you join up with the Kamala boys for a few hours or anything? No, Monday. No, I didn't. It's it, 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 it's in the list of things to do, but no, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I left them do it. Um, I see Nuno is gone, Dello. No, no. If you lose now to Man United, you have to sack the manager straight away. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, Espirito Santos, he's gone after it's five imagine. weeks. A mad world. We're all talking about Ole, and next next thing he gets a train, he'll win, and Nuna gets the road. It's just gone bonkers. And as I said yes. last week, is, there's a small little bit of this coming into Ireland because it's a time of the year when clubs up and down the country will be looking at the fellow who was there last year, and there was teams relegated and teams in county finals that didn't win county finals. And in most cases, in most clubs that I'm aware of, Dello, somebody has to be blamed. Yeah, and like... Like the Galway County Board now could be getting itchy feet with, with Henry losing with Thomastown yesterday, like so. <laughs> you know, like it, the, the turns. But the thing, the thing there with, with Tottenham, like, is like, I mean, just depressing to watch the type of football. But then they're not like Harry Kane and trying an inch, like, this is what I can see anyway. And then, like, obviously, they should have let him go during the summer and got the 120 million or whatever they're getting. And I don't know. No, I don't know. It's a basket case of a club at the moment. Anyway, it's nearly it's it's, it's as bad as Man United at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, sure. Look, yeah, he gone. I don't know. Conte are talking about there this morning, so he might put a bit of discipline in a few in a few of them because a few of them are bigger than the manager. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Which is which is always a, a, a problem. But um, yeah, lads. Well, it was um, that day, lad. Wasn't it a good? It was a good bounce back from United that day, lad, At the same time, and uh, you, you know, you're only delaying. You're only delaying the inevitable man. Like, you know, <laughs> but, you know the, the funny wheel. thing is, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think United will sack Saska. He's one of their own. You go back, Van Hal, David Moyes, uh, Mourinho. They were all fellas that were parachuted in. They had nothing. Only on money with those fellas, right? Well, Salskill is a little bit different. I think there's no way the United board will sack Salskill. No way. Have, if, if they give maybe David Myers another few months, he might be. He's, shown, he's, shown, he's doing he, a good job now, isn't he? I saw, I saw a message this morning, Della, which said that if, if David Myers didn't have the Man United job previously, he'd now be in pole position for he, the Man United yeah. job. Yeah. Sherlock, it's a it's a mad money world, isn't it? It's, it's you, you need an Arab to come in and buy you to have any chance. But um, yeah, lads, we uh, I saw a lot of her. I was in. I was up in Belmullet on Friday night. The old Dublin mentors meet up there every year, and of course, with the last couple of years we couldn't meet. So Ross Dumphy, our, our strength and conditioning man, Ross is going off to Brussels for two or three years with the Irish Army, 
um, okay. having done having done the Lebanon and that. So we had our usual crew with Hedjo and Ray Finn and Tommy Dunn and Richie Stacklem and Chris Thompson. And Chris hadn't been that well last year, but he's a great form again. Um, they were staying again Saturday night to play to play golf on, on Saturday, but I don't know a busload coming there to Marty's Saturday evening side to come down. So. But it afforded me a good chance to, to watch a lot of hurling, and I never got off the couch really. But uh, I have to get on to Larry there to get me a few pounds back off, off the examiner there uh, for all these subscriptions I'm playing for matches. I tell you, but I have to say, Claire, the level of um, of coverage, lads, is really good now. I know you were a bit caught, TJ, you were away for the weekend as well. Um, but like, even, you know, I didn't see the, the, the Torless. Um, and kill a Dangan match Dangan. because that, yeah, that was clashing with the first clear semi final. Saw both clears semi finals, and then I saw Lockmore and Boris Lee, very enjoyable. Uh, and then we all saw, I suppose, Kula and um, we saw Kula yeah. and Crooks going at it, Kula going yeah. for three in a row, and obviously knocked out. So, but even the level of camera work and Claire, give often give the Claire County board stick, but very enjoyable. Like they have kind of ground level shots as well, so it's very good, and the keepers poking out. It flashes to behind the goal to see what the goalies can see, and very good now. I have right, to say, okay. so very, very enjoyable as well. Who, like, who, who the camera people deal behind that? You know, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. To be honest, Mark, I just paid my right. two tenor, two tenors, and watched it. Um, Did they charge you tenor for the match? Each two match, tenor, tenor, Yeah, you could have bought the intermediate final and the two matches for twenty, but. I wanted to watch Kim McCord and Kula, so there was no point in buying the intermediate right. final. I listened, I care of him on in the background for that. So a lot of hurling, a lot of hurling Saturday, Sunday. I suppose starting in clear, lads, I, I, I'll make it parochial for one week. Um, good final to look forward to. Bellier uh, coming up trumps yesterday without Tony Kelly. Without, yeah, Tony, Tony in a boot. Um, anyone that has any doubts going forward, lads, whether... Tony Kelly will go into coaching or management anyway, I'd say, is in no doubt, having watched the scenes. and Like, he was front and centre of all the team talks and all the water breaks. Obviously, we see four of them now, because they're not using the dressing rooms for some reason. Maybe I was blaming the county board in the wrong for that as well last week. But they weren't in use again. Uh, but Tony was given an awful lot of advice. Obviously, good stuff as well, because they they took over the game. Um, very good win for them because without Kelly they would be seen you know as vulnerable but they're they're inter-county footballers in Gary Brennan uh, Pierce Lillis these fellas and then Jack Brown unusually they play Jack Brown a cornerback in the first half no one here is a very good corner forward for the market so they put Jack back on him but they brought him out centre back in the second half and, and Paul Flanagan in at full back two county players obviously really stood up but Brennan gave an absolute exhibition in midfield powerhouse and like Numarka didn't score, I don't think, uh, for the last 15 minutes or so. Colin Ryan got a freed in five minutes into injury time. You wanted one free taker to take it for you. Yeah, yeah, going for yeah, Colin. yeah. Uh, but it just into the wind, it was it was a tough free and it tailed. So the uh, Bellier deservedly, I thought, went through. Uh, Saturday, then you had a bit of history up, up, up our way with Ina Kilnamona, who'd be, um, the McCarthy's clubs, Aiden, Aiden shouldn't have played. I'd say he was on a hamstring, had to come off. Yeah, um, he went off in He did, he, he did, Mark. And, well. Yeah, and David Fitzgerald, well, Aiden's brother, Jason, very good centre back. But David Fitzgerald then went down with look, what looked like a definite, um, serious knee injury, but somehow managed to 
come back on and hurl really well uh, for them. And we had drama there as well, like young Conor Hagerty now would be Flannan star of two years ago. Great prospect. Um, he had a great game. He really came of age for them. Uh, but great drama at the end. Shane O'Donnell wasn't in the game in the first half. He was out the field. David Reedy wasn't really in the game either. And I said, but to put O'Donnell in full forward for the second half, got three great points. But kind of against the run of play because they never really got going. They were all um, long high ball into the edge of the square and, and O'Donnell fetches it in injury time again and rounds his man and had to be dragged down I suppose uh, but Danny Russell who was hitting their freeze again like Colin Ryan probably the man you'd like to have hitting it um, but he went for power and he kind of hit it straight and Patrick Kelly stood up 35 years of age great story Claire Goley in 13 um, stood up to it and, and, and saved it out for a 65 and now he's getting the chance to go around behind the Tulla Pipers uh, at 35 in the Clare final. First time ever trying to kill them on, obviously, two clubs that came together a few years ago, but all the underage work really uh, paying off for them there. So, yeah, you'd be delighted to see them getting through. Um, but it'll be a fascinating final in, in, in two weeks' time. It should be a huge crowd, I'd say. And Dillo, what's the nature of Tony Kelly's injury? I know it's an ankle injury. Did he have an operation? He had. He had... Um, he came on as a sub against Kimeli, uh, TJ there in the quarterfinal, and they were in big trouble. Come on and, and scored three points from three touches nearly. He was that good. And I think though he aggravated it even a bit more. The thought maybe he'd get away with being a maybe an, an impact sub for the quarterfinal, yeah. semi-final, the final, and then he'd get it done, and even if they were in the Munster Club. But I think whatever bit of a setback he gave it, I think the advice from the surgeons were, was that you don't do it now, yeah, you won't be back you won't be back for the round robin in Munster, like. Because that's going to be yeah. earlier again now with the split season, remember? Like, it's not at the end of April, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so like, for I suppose for Tony, it was a, it was a tough call, like, isn't it? In your club. It's a pretty hard know, call, yeah. Going, going for their third title in, in kind of seven years, eight years. So they might still do it, though. <laughs> they're strong and, and I tell you, they're, they're resilient and they're tough and they believe in themselves, you know, so. But yeah, yeah it was... A bit, it was it, a, bit a bit like the Glen, a bit like the Glen. In Cork last weekend, Dale, when Hoggy was sent off, and just an update on that, they are appealing to send me off, and I'm led to believe that there's going to be a hearing this week, so it's a case of watch that space as to what's going to happen, but Hoggy will be back. But, um, mm. There's a wrinkle on the ground that, that the Glen seemed to be happy enough that they, there was a chance that he may be, uh, that the red card might be rescinded, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. I had a few lads up in the pub there towards the teachers, Mark. Teachers, they have great lives. They were on their midterm and they wanted to come up all summer and they were caught up with hurling and t- uh, two good cockmen now and a kick any man but uh, good good old crack with him towards the even there it was quiet down the pub so we had a good chance to chat but they were saying that maybe the cameras didn't pick it up you were on for the game obviously the camera didn't pick it up no, and no they didn't definitely not would it, was, was there a chance that John Cronin was going to go in and say what Hoggy did was harmless or something like I, I don't think oh, geez, that that certainly isn't going to happen anymore because there was <laughs> there was a fair bit of a uh, there was a lot of aggro at the game now and a lot of aggro in the stand from what I gather as well now a good bit of it okay. and okay. um but I'm led to believe that, 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 that potentially you see with cameras now and everybody with mobile phones right you just don't know who's watching around the corner like so there might be some some bit of camera work well for the phone all right I don't know but we'll have to wait and see what's going to apply there like. But there's yeah. uh, definitely the appeal is going ahead, and I think both Glenn and Sahel will be watching out what the result is going to be from the hearing. 
They will. They will. And like, that's the big thing. People are saying that Bellier couldn't win Clare without Tony Kelly, but showed some guts now yesterday. Probably going up a grade now against Tony Kelly in the morning, but that'll all depend on if Ed McCarthy hasn't recovered. And he's in the football final next week with Kilmory Ibrickin. So they're they're wondering, will they get two weeks? Maybe the final might be played for two weeks. So if he did, right. I don't think he'd be able to play in the football final. And it's one of the things as well, isn't it? Like, with, you know, um, I thought for a long time in the, in the tip semi-finals yesterday that Lockmore looked flat and dead. Uh, and I was saying, I was blaming the football again, like every week, they have huge games, but they showed huge resilience to come back and beat Barcelli. Um I don't know, you, you didn't see any of that, but Jesus, uh, I, I didn't say any of it, but you know, hasn't John, hasn't John McGrath really put up his two hands and basically said to Liam Sheedy, like, Liam, you shouldn't have doubted me. Like, I was your man. Like, I should have been in earlier. And I go back to it um, with a couple of lads from um, from Lockmore. We met him at the gallery race, actually inside the chipper about three o'clock in the morning. And they pleaded with me to say it in the podcast that John McGrath should be on the staff at 15 for Tipperary. So, lads, I didn't say it then, but I'm saying it now. They said it was absolutely scandalous that McGrath wasn't on the Tipperary team. And mm. in fairness, he has come back with all the answers so far because he's been magnificent for Lockmore this year. In fairness, he's quality. Like, he looks like a very lazy player, but he's not. Like It's just his style of play that he, he's cruising across the ground. You know the way some fellas look mm. fierce, fast and fierce agile? This fellow just has a cruising speed. is very, very good. But it just... It looks that he's kind of sluggish, you know, but he's not. But I tell you, there, I tell you, there, Mac, I, I, I'd love to have a, had a chance take on it now, or Ken or one of the tip lads. Yeah. Interestingly, he wasn't really in the game. To be honest, like Boris were just completely dominating the play. Noel wasn't in the game because at wing forward, uh, Boris Lee had Ray McCormack on him, and John was inside then, and they had him kind of bottled up, and they actually. Boris Lee dominated three quarters of the game. Now, there was a strong wind, all right, in fairness, but they actually swapped them. And straight away, Noel got onto two balls when he went inside. And then Boris Lee, I thought, panicked a little bit in the line, or maybe he's harsh, but they dropped Brendan Maher back on Noel, right, in the full-back line, kind of took him out of the play a bit, right? And then John thundered into the play at midfield, Mark. Now, he may have been at 11, but coming deep. Yeah. But he took over yeah. the play out there, like, and I mean, he only got two points in play, but he the freeze he hit, Jesus, they were magnificent freeze now. He had the window right, but they were way back and out on the sideline. But the amount of ball, as you said, that he picked up, drove forward yeah, with, yeah, oh, he yeah. like, and it's an interesting one, I think, for Tip, and this is where I'd love to have got Shane's view on it. That would like, and I know he got four goals in the quarterfinals, so you can't say there's nothing wrong with him inside him, and we all know how much of a goal getter he is. But when he came to that number 11 kind of deep role, he was powerful, he was brave, he put up his hand and cut balls. You know, I, I think it would be a real option for Tip uh, next yeah, he, this he, season. He's a, home, like. but he's a quality player, Anthony. And you know, he's he's one of these players that can be silent for 55 minutes of the game and all of a sudden he gets an opportunity and bang. It's inside in the back of the net or he gets the, he gets the, the match-winning point. He's a real good player now. He's great, great control, great skill. And I think he's great. I think he's got great awareness as well, the other, the other side of it. And isn't it a great sign of a player to be battled up for a lot of the game and then come out and then maybe change the game in a different position? Great, great sign of a player. Yeah, and, and um, they're a great club, like, because they, like, 
you couldn't really see him coming back into that. You'd say Boris were doing nothing really all the hurling and to something I wanted I wanted to ask you as well. And I was going again, again no, no, if I had Shane, I was going to press him on it. But I thought your man uh, midfield, he'd played in midfield now, he's always going forward. Jerry Kelly for Boris Lee, big lad, wears a, a yellow helmet. Um powerful. He, he was powerful now. And I wonder, Leslie, this fellow now is about 23 or 4, I think now, I think. I could be harshing him there by a year or so, but I don't know if you know I'm different than that now, TJ. But it, how do these fellas not get pulled into county setups? Like, could you, I suppose I went in as a young age. Mark, you didn't go in that young now. Well, you went in, I said, and you went out again and came back again, did you? Well, I, no, I said I went, I went in straight out of minor, Anthony. Yeah. And I actually played, I played actually against Clare in a challenge match down in Patrick Creeve. And I met the man, Jesus John something was his name, I can't even be second name. But I got a golden five from play, Anthony, at 19 Jeez. years of age. I yeah, must have been playing that day, was I? I must in November 1991. And we were playing under 21 football with the club a week later on the former recruitment. And that was the end of my career. Yeah, and, and like back then you had nobody helping you in terms of strength and conditioning and recovery and that kind of stuff. So I was left to my own devices. We were a junior Holland team shot '95. We won the East Cork in '95. Do you know the James Keller? That was the first time. So this was in 1991. Just imagine, like lads, we didn't have mobile phones back in, in this age, like. Yeah. Just go back to then. So um, you were left to your own devices, really. Uh, put on an awful lot of weight. I uh, was working in the city. Was renting and stuff for that. So tired of Holland and stuff for that. It was a long ways down. But then Immakili came along and Killer came along. We won the June of 95. Immakili got to the county in 96, 97, 98. And Killer won the June of county in 95. So that kind of rekindled my career and made a cock intermediates in 1997. Won in All-Ireland with them at centre-back. Having failed to make the team in the Munster final in actual fact. That's another story. But uh, it was actually Matt Pat Minogue in the semi-final of the intermediate. We played Clare. Yeah. And, um, and um, I dislocated my shoulder actually in that game. Pat kicked me just a bit of my shoulder free now. Uh, uh, a genuine thing. And just before I finished that, right, during the course of the game, we got a penalty and I took it, right? But I was down the ground and Liam Dyle's brother, Leo, do you remember him? Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> he stood, he, I must have hit Liam in some, some match or a league match or whatever. Now, but Leo stood behind and he says, that one's for Liam. They'll be cranky enough to dial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, McKinney came along. Then we, we won the county in 97 with them. And I was called into the senior panel in 98. And then we won a National League medal in 98. And just look, that's... So, yeah, came back came back into it late. And we was what, 25 or 26 years of age. So, mm. but there's positive... We, 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 we all know what happened then, though. We do, we do, we do, we do. But to answer your question, the couple yeah. things I was going to say is Jerry Kelly had a phenomenal mm. year, the year Boris Lee got to the All Ireland Cup final. I think yeah. the All Ireland Cup final against Bally Hale, I think he yeah. scored six or seven points in play. He was unreal. And we know because they beat Thomas in the semi final underway. He was yeah. fierce influential. Is it possible for a player now at 24, 25, 26 to come into an intercounty panel? I don't think, I think he's that. I think he might, I think maybe 20, because he played in the Fitzgibbon. Yeah. With, I think Waterford IT maybe you now. I could be I could be mixing up my colleges now, but he definitely played Fitzgibbon the year after that Boris Lee run. Yeah, yeah. But the, the answer is no. He's, is he can, and I think 
one of the questions for Tipperary, but just to touch on there, right? Nobody can doubt the likes of Noel McGrath, John McGrath. Just they, they have the hands of God, the vision they have, the players. Sure, they'd make any team as reality. I think the issue for Tip going forward is they just have a number of them, right? They yeah. have a number of players that can tick that box and play in the number 11, right? Like maybe Tip, the loss of maybe a Bonner Maher or previously someone like a Declan Ryan and those type of players, it might be something like that that they lack to bring the other guys into, in, into the game. But John McGrath can definitely, no doubt, he'd be on most teams in the country every single day. He, he, he's a gifted player. And the other thing I was going to say about Lockmore, I see Liam Hearn, I think he was commentating in the game, he said that it was their 15th weekend in a row between hurling, hurling and football. 15th mm. in a row. And Brian McGrath uh, broke his thumb in the football the previous week to beat Kilsheelan or someone. So Brian McGrath was missing like from their half-back line. Do you know, and himself and John Maher, they're now in the half-back line. Serious. Half- yeah. And they're just, their sweat is now whether he'll, you know, they have the football semi, I think now, next weekend and will he be back then and there was talk that he might need surgery between Shane and the commentator uh, Stephen Gleeson um, they were just speculating on it but then I think Frankie McGrath the manager came on and I think uniquely I think they, I think Mick Dempsey might have been with him as well Mick Kilkenny Leash Leash was with Cody yeah. um, but, but both um, I think the same management trained the football team and the hurling team with him like they're great they're some club lads Brilliant. but the other That's one there I'd be saying the other one there I'd be saying like is that and TJ you'd remember him from the, the Thomas uh, James Devaney JD jeez he got a goal lads oh brilliant goal again like cut in from the right speed of him no he's young he's only a young lad he only played Harty Cup a couple of years ago I think and they were missing Kevin Maher as well who was suspended so um, great game though. I thought Boris going to win it for a long time but Lockmore just weren't taking and they missed an open goal before they got the goal uh, from the penalty and the same lad another McGrath lad he he missed the open goal, but he got fouled for the penalty. So I think there's there's talent here, like like that, TJ. Like I know she O'Reilly, like you know, you were saying like as if he was in clear, I'd be saying, no, Limerick have an awful depth at the moment. You know, I, we we understand that, uh, but you know, if I if I was saying now that Oshie McGrath was playing the clear championship, that's I'd even be saying for Brian Lohan, like Pierce Lillis has played with the footballers now for the last <coughs> five or six years. Pierce would be twenty five or six, but. Jesus, he was everywhere yesterday for Belly A in terms of playing centre forward, midfield, played wing back early on in the year. And while he's hurling, mightn't be as silky as the Tony Kellys or the Jack Brown. Jesus, he's a ball winner and he's a worker. And, you know, for a panel wise, I know you'd be trying to poach him off Colin Collins and the footballers. Um, whether he'd be up for that, I don't know. But obviously, you'd expect maybe you'd have a better chance with the hurlers. I'm not, footballers have made great progress now under Colin. But it is one that you. To try, like, tip need a bit of fresh blood at this stage, don't they? And that's so they definitely do. And, and the other way of looking at it would be, um, you know, like, obviously, if you go to something like a belly dial, their workhorses have to be very good and under game every single day to make sure they're keeping the class boys on their toes and they're passing. Like, on the back end of every panel, I'm sure all the managers would want good, honest, hard working lads that you know every time you're 15 and 15. That you have to be keeping the other guys on their toes and the trade. Mm. And that's a big question, is it, for all those guys? And even Henry going to Galway, like I've said before, like one of the one of the issues that I see in Galway is you've only too much choice. So how would yeah. you get that balance and that mix and that character of player that you think can do a job for you on a given day? Because we all know what the silky class horrors can do, but it's mm. when you're three points down. And in the shite there, law, and you need some for like to win a free or put up his paw or do something for the mm. team. 
it's a little bit out of, out of the ordinary. And, and that's the challenge for them. So, and how, how, long, how long have we heard Galway lads saying, OK, they, they did make get over the line in 17, great. But how, how often did we hear before that, you know, for our younger listeners, they won't remember him, but because we need a Brendan Linsky now. If we had Brendan Linsky now with these lads, you know. So it, it is a challenge, like, and it's something that... Uh, I got a few Galway lads uh, at the weekend as well. Mike Gardner there would be great hard drahan man, great hurling, hurling in New York and London and, and indeed with our drahan and Galway and Mike and myself were just chatting. He said, the problem is like, you know, he says, who are these un- un- minors that won four all They haven't been blooded like. Yeah. And we, we were mentioning yeah. Evan, Evan Nyland last week. So Evan Nyland is 25 or 6 like. He's like, he, yeah. Evan, Evan played in the 2015 All-Ireland minor. So, you know, he's not a young lad like. You know, it's, right. it's, it's yeah. It, yeah. it is a it is a job, but like if you're Henry Shefflin going into it, I think you you have a bit of time and you have a bit of kudos as well, though, haven't you? That you you, know, yeah. you can, yeah. Right. And if you if you go young, you'll never get criticised too quick. You'll be given a break. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But definitely, I'd be hoping that that Shefflin will bring a bit of spark into every one of those, even the older players. I think as well. But I I, I think. Who take Henry now? Like he won't give fellas. I don't think he'll give the older fellas much of a break or much of an option. It'll be whoever's the best. I think he'll take a mantra from Brian Cody, and that has always been Cody's mantra. If you're playing well in training, it doesn't matter what your age is, you're going to be picked. And he's done that on numerous occasions where he's picked a fella on a debut in an All Ireland final, and he's left fellas sitting the sideline that you'd say there should be automatics on the team. So I I think you know. One of the big decisions is, will, will he go back for Joe Canning? Will he extend the hand and say, look, come back into the panel? You know, see it, I don't think he will, is my own view now. Like, you know, but I'm just wondering, is it one of the things that he's thinking? I, I have a feeling that if, if Joe has enough of it and is sick of it, I don't think there's any point in going back for him. Like, but that's, maybe this could rekindle the love. I, I don't know. I, I don't know Joe Canning that well, to be honest. And um, only he can answer that question as to why he walked. And, and he made his decision very quick. Now, I know he picked up a good few injuries uh, in the last couple of years, serious injuries, and he has been a magnificent hurler that we've, that we've witnessed. He's certainly in the top three hurlers we've witnessed over the last decade. He's been a, ma- a magnificent player. But mm. certainly, I'm just wondering, has he lost the draw for it, you know? Yeah, well, look, you only hear the old, because you'd be with the old bear there as much as I would and you'd meet the lads up in Mayo Friday night. You hear the whispers and, you, you know, you're, you're picking and, and the feedback I would have heard is, that Joe, the body has had enough of it. I don't but know if you've heard enough, anything yeah. like that. Like the body is fairly battered, and business yeah, has gone big with him now as well. Like, correct. He didn't play the last couple of games with Port Dunne. He definitely has a couple of injuries. I don't know the extent of them. I think there was something to do with his grind again, but that's not confirmed. I don't know. But like, in fairness to Joe, you can't ever take anything away from what he's done. He's an awful lot of kind of work done and injuries had that's been documented to get to where he got to. And I'd say maybe that, look, his, his time is done. I'm sure they'll have a conversation and that'll be for them. But the overall conversation here is with the likes of Colin Bonner, with the likes of Brian Lohan and, and, and Henry and stuff, is can you find somebody new? Can you look at something? In fairness to Lohan over the last couple of years, he's brought in a couple of lads there mm-hmm. that have been different to the norm. They're big, strong guys. We look at the modern game and see what's required. And can somebody find a player that's maybe not coming out of a minor or an under-20 panel that has been around the club scene for a year or two, like a Jerry Kelly or whatever, that, that can that can influence the scene. Like, in fairness, look at the Dublin game for just a second yesterday, you'd have to say the physicality and the shape of both teams mm. is inter- inter-county standard of probably, what, 
five, six, seven years ago, Dilla? Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah I mean, um, the pitch in Parnell gets a lot of mileage compared to maybe Turles, Parky Heave, even Cusick Park look magnificent now, I have to say, but Parnell does tend to turn into a bit of a dogfight this time of the year, and like the tackling and the, I thought Crokes in particular, their hunger levels, I mean, they've suffered a bit to Kula in the last few years, I suppose, and uh, no, there's a big job of work still in the final for Crokes, I'd say with Nafina, with Liam Rush having joined Nafina now, and with their underage success, they are they are probably maybe even slight favourites, I'd say it'll be evens your choice, maybe something like that, but yeah, it was a good game, I, I enjoyed it, it was intense, it was kind of different than the other games, you know, so... Yeah, that's the one to look forward to in two weeks' time as well. So um, I thought, I thought Anthony that um, you know, Kula played a kind of an intercounty brand and so felt that they played it out through the lines. And then when you have a forward like like um, Connor Callahan up front, I thought he was, I thought I'd be giving him as much ball as possible, Dale. I just thought that they starved him for a long, long time of ball of possession. Um, I don't know that Kilmacrook the first four attacks in, they got four points with them, and they. They set down their stall early on and they got in front and they kept their tails in front. But I thought that Kula, on a good few occasions, denied Conor Callahan a fastball because I thought every time that the ball went in in front of him, he had the beatings of it. Now, I think, TJ, you thought that the full-back was very good for Kilmacud Brooks as well. But I thought, you know, that the Con got very, very... The lack of supply of ball, I suppose, in some respects. You know? Yeah, he, he, Lucas, that was... I thought that watching you now, Brian Chee is a very good full-back. He's a, a, a grandson of, of the great Christy Killeen, great Clareman up there. But uh, Brian is the uh, Dublin 20 that went to the final against uh, Cork. Do you know the two 20 finals we had there? In the, yeah. uh, yes. Very, very promising fullback. He's a real. They actually, because of the Clare connection, they affectionately call him Lohan in, in Crokes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, he's good. a good lad, yeah. But, but Khan, obviously, like I, I first hand, like to say, we beat Kula the first year I was up there, lost the final. And then. Con kind of destroyed us in the quarterfinals the following year. It could just unmarkable nearly. And I just yeah. thought Con's yeah. hurling maybe was a little bit rusty. He still got a few points, obviously, but just thought yeah. hurling doesn't get to play enough, obviously. Um, and it, it can be, yeah. But I think you're right. I think you're right, Mark. There was, I'd have been letting it more off, off, off into him a lot more than they did. Yeah. 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 It was, I thought it was over and back to field now, and they weren't making a whole pile of progress. And it looked very pretty, but Kilmacrooks were quite happy to say, lads, keep holding away out the field there. You're no danger whatsoever to us because we know we've everybody else wrapped up. And if you want to hold away 70 yards away from our goals, that's fine. I thought, I thought Kilmacrooks were very, very smart just now. And obviously, below Cal centre back, he wasn't going to let anybody in the amount of professional fouls that he committed just for the. If it's soccer anyway, he'd definitely have to see him right out into it. Like he, he took out some of the villages. He did. There was one tackle actually by Sean Tracy, Davis' brother. Remember that on Ronan Hayes? It was a, it was a rugby yeah. hand trip. It'll be one of the ones you'd be definitely the black card. You'll be gone. But like, <laughs> but sure, that's fellas know they can get away with it at club level. And I suppose there's something that Ken even mentioned last week that we should have the same rules for the game, no matter what it is. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, for Crocs, for Crocs, I'd say the big thing. Ronan Hayes is really, nice. you know, good. beginning to step up to the I'm the county man level for the club now and Alex Constantine with him in kind of a two-man full forward line. They're two big yokes and two good hurlers as well yeah. that have pace. Yeah. So it'd be yeah. interesting though because Nafina, will, and, as and I the, said. And the funny thing is Ronan Hayes, even though he's a tall guy, he's fairly slight. He's not that muscly in comparison to a lot of the Dublin fellas mm. now. You know, mm. he hasn't got that physique yet that 
we say, you know, your traditional Dublin player would have a really, really strong upper body. But by God, he, he's a good baller. He's able to yeah, play it down. He's great. Like, the, yeah, he mightn't be that wide, Mark, but he's very rangy with the hands and that, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's a great, yeah. I mean, he was marking Keno Callahan, who'd be a Dublin regular now for eight or nine that's years. And right. he, was a, you know, right. he, got, he was able to reach for great ball and he's, well, no, he's kind of no, nailed down in the freeze as well, took his penalty, you know, well. So great finals yeah. to look forward to there. The second semi final, lads, in, in, in tip, which was on Saturday, obviously. But uh, and Ken was finding this hard to call. The last they maybe thought Torles weren't as impressive in the quarterfinal and Kiladangan champions, and but they did. You know, Torles ans- answered a lot of the questions, and um, probably will go into the the final um, as big favourites. So I didn't see any of it. Um, unfortunately, I was watching the, the first clear one. Um, but by the reading of it, I think TJ the big guns. Stepped up, uh, and I think you know Connor Stakelam, good, very young player again. Another one that Colin Bonner, I'd say, will be looking at you know, tip minor, tip 20 to one, two from play. But I think the two Mars, even Pa Bork, stepped up to the plate, and um, big, and they're Billy, having a big year, they're having a big year. Turles, like you know, I was gonna say, the return of Billy McCarthy, that's like, going by the reports, but yeah, but by, by, by all accounts, like Paddy Maher kind of rolled back the years, and they're just tough old Turles, and you know, their favorites. To go to, to go and win it again, so yeah, I'd imagine a massive result for them. Yeah, I'd say the yeah, big thing with the final day, or probably looking at you, you want to Brian McGrath back for Lockmore, do you know? Yeah, but it's a great, it's a, isn't that a great final now, lads? Right, oh, Lockmore so having a ha- like they had a heartbreaking loss last year, like in the in the final, and like if mm. if the football, if they continue to win in the football again, now they'll probably have two finals. Maybe the county board will give them a small bit of grace. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how the draw is actually working out in the Munster club. Are they, is there somebody waiting for the Tipperary, or are they in a semi-final? I don't know what the draw is there, but just is very unfair on that more to play final. If you play two finals, they did it back to back last year again. You know, if they get there, I'd, football, I'd say if they won it, they won't be maybe overly concerned about the Munster club for this year. <laughs> I'd say they, yeah, yeah, yeah. saying after last year, if they could get their hands on. On the Den Breen there, I'd say they'd take the end off you. And it'd be like beating Torless in the final will be huge as well. Like, obviously, Man. it doesn't come any Man. bigger than beat, beating the Sars there. I mean, it's, bub- it's bubbling up. Fantastic for these finals. I mean, we're going to have, we look at the Cox semis in a few minutes, but we're going like we're going to have a great clear final with kind of neighbours as well, Kilmon and Bellier, be either side of Ennis, and, 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 and they'd know each other very well, the players, and a huge occasion with Kilmon and their first one. Um, and then you're looking at that final. You're going to have a great cock final. You're the big Limerick final. So, you know, we, we're going to we're going to have big champions going out into Munster. I think either way um, for the year. Um, we mentioned we Thank mentioned uh, Thomas Town beaten by Glenmore. I think on Murphy starred that centre back the goalie for Glenmore. So that tell you like you know what a goalie, what a goalie. We've often referred to it here on the show, but you know I think he was the main man at centre back defied. Thomas Stone, I think, and uh, themselves and, and St. Lockton's Lockton's would 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 be inside in that final OT. Um Henry now will have a chance, TJ, to go up and watch the Galway semi-finals <laughs> at least. <laughs> he, he was caught there, so he, he'll have a bit of time in his hands now. Obviously, he'd be anxious to see Belly Hale winning in, in, in Kilkenny, but at the same time, um he'd nearly need to be going looking at the, the Galway semi-finals as well. Now. <laughs> He will, yeah. Two, two good semi-finals in terms of um, matchups. Obviously, St. Thomas's versus Gart is a local derby. Anybody who knows from St. Thomas's pitch, you know, like coming from here, you drive through Gart out the road, 
Um, Gort would have had probably the upper hand there for a good number of years. And Thomas has, for the last 10 years, have kind of just headed that challenge in a major way. And like winning the, the last three counties probably would have ringed around Gartsdale, as you can imagine, kind of fairly loudly in their ears. They've got their house in order big time with Matty and Dale touched on it last week about Matty kind of having the run out early and getting ready for a stage mm-hmm. like this. But um, And then the other semi-final, and you've got Crockwell and Karen Bridge. As I said last week, three surprising semi-finalists from the start of the year looking at the championship. But like at the same time, three form teams, given the victories they've had, obviously to get to here. But local derbies, county semi-final in Galway is normally a big day in Athenry, big crowds, plenty of noise. All about getting to the final now for, for the four teams. And Thomas is going for the four in a row. Entitled to be favourites, have been playing very, very well. But yeah, I, I'll be hoping to be at the St. Thomas's guard game myself. Yeah, I, I look forward to the rivalry there. And you obviously you'll you'll be giving the shout to Thomas's there naturally, and they are entitled to be favourites, as you said. How would you how would you call the other one, TJ? You wouldn't have expected the two of them to be there, like as you said. I mean, no, I felt Clarenbridge were coming. Obviously, the Nyland influence is, is is coming strong there in Clarenbridge. I know Mark is a big Evan Nyland fan and has been maybe all all year. Um, because I, I, I haven't seen either two of them playing this year, reading the reports. I, if, 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 even in the betting right now, right, I think they're making Thomas's favourites and Gart the outsiders, and the other two are literally 50-50 or choice, so whichever way you want to go. Very much a 50-50 game. So, yeah. I, I, Brian, because Brian I haven't Hanley, seen it this year. Brian Hanley, Brian Hanley coaching so he, Crowell, so yeah. good time for Brian. I think he's a good guy. You know, it's, good guy. No, I, I don't know, yeah. Hard to call. Hard. Hard. Yeah, with, with the 17s. But... Very, 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 very difficult one to call. Yeah, as look two, two good semi-finals. Look forward to there. So uh, Thomas is looking to get over the line and get try, and try and, and get another one done. Yeah, uh, huge one in Kilkenny, Mark as well. Belly Hale back again and uh, all Auckland's. Um, and you know, I think the three boys I had Thursday night, uh, Owen Krogan is a is a an all Auckland's man. Um, my good friend of Mick Gal- Galway, uh, that's Gal- Gal- and the two Cork lads with him, uh, great lads, Carl Murphy and James Ford, like hurling fanatics, three PE teachers that studied together in UCC, uh, we great to be at, we were, we were hurling till um, after closing time slightly anyway, I have to admit, <laughs> which was, was great, the taxi, the taxi driver was very patient outside the door from anyway, but uh, good lads, but, but Owen was saying like that the, the, the James Stephen lads were a bit sick, that they felt that Pally Hale were there for the take and, and they didn't play that well. So, but do do teams like Pally Hale do a poor enough semi final and then a poor final? Like- yeah, listen to me. You look at Belly Hale down through the years, right? Every year there's a team that says they should have beaten them. Like, I go back to Castle Comer, they were two pint up with time up and their full back was fouled coming over the ball ahead and was taken off. The player continued the ball and up the back of the net, belly hair went by a pint, like you know. And yeah. last year as well, they were on their knees last year. Was it Jim Stevens that played last year? Um, Chella Plunkett yeah. was in charge of them. They were on their knees that and how they got over the result that day again was incredible. Um, but this year, there's certainly on the James O'Connor, a guy I worked with with Killer for years, Jocks was his name, won a county with Carrie Tool, a total outside of the same year. Um, Got uh, Father O'Neill's to an All Ireland Club final, beaten by uh, Tommy Welch's coach Tullerone. Like he's a great coach, James. Uh, James O'Connor is, and uh, 
he's really one fella that should be snapped up by an inter-county management. Wherever the, you know, wherever there there's a there's a vacancy or an opening for him because he's a real quality coach. Um, but they, they, I find it very hard to go against Belly Hale. They just mm. whatever it is about them, they know how to get it done. And James says the most grounded set of players he's ever dealt with in his life. But training at seven o'clock. TJ Reid is above at six o'clock practicing threes every night of the week. Um, the players, all the players will be on the field at half a six, up and around. It's incredible the religion with the amount of success that they've had down through the years, how they keep turning up with the same attitude. And doesn't that go back to kind of Kilkenny under Brian Cody as well? You know, fellas haven't won five, six, seven All Ireland medals and they're still coming back fighting for the next All Ireland medal. Whereas you've often seen a team that will win one or win two, this has sure enough now and they'll. There'll be three or four fellas would say, Do you know what? I'd rather drink a few pints now and spend a bit of time at home and stuff like that. But they keep coming back with hunger and desire to keep winning and winning and winning. And it's just, that's an incredible thing. Uh, that's, that's, and I, I don't know as many other county that maybe has that, I suppose. It probably is maybe the Dublin footballer for the last decade, maybe. But I belly ale, you just can't go past them, Anthony. You know, they just know how to get it done. And in TJ Reid, and of course, they obviously have young one Cody coming, who will probably be his replacement in years to come. While, like in TJ Reid, 35 years of age, just an absolute master of the game. Master. And we are yeah. all looking to witness it. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, that if you look at some of the players that Belly Hale have for a club team, it is frightening. Like they have a couple of Mullins, I think the three Mullins, Joey Holden, uh, Corcoran, Richie Reid, Owen Reid, TJ Reid, Adrian Mullen, like Colin Finley. Own Cody, she's like it, it's a, just a phenomenal team, and year in year out, and like them getting to a final again, just very very difficult to beat them. However, I will say, I think listening to Brian Hogan last year, a couple of stages, they all, I, he had me mm. nearly convinced that they were getting ready to win a county. I kind of went with them in my bet last year. I told Hogan at some stage that he owes me a few quid from that bet, and he <laughs> them to, win, to win the county. The belly hell coming down. Like Olaf and Gales have a fine side as well. Cracking final in store. But gee, it's very hard to look. Belly Hale has such a team. Like in, mm. like you said, it's their religion down there. It's a bit like St. Thomas is above in, in, in Galway. There are a couple of brilliant families driving. It's all they know. That's what they do. And they do it exceptionally well. And you know what? They do. They hold each other to accountability and standards, stuff, which is a great sign of a team. So if a fella, like the manager's job is made easier by the players because if a fella isn't coming training, the boys will be on him to say, Mac, you need to be a training. You won't even be up to the manager. So they, they're brilliant at that. And just brilliant club teams. Kind of self-policed, which is half the... Like when you go, dream job, going in coaching lads like that, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, like, um, and no, and no we, football. And no football is right, yeah. <laughs> um, lot to look forward to next weekend. We'll get your take on Cork in a minute, Mark. I think okay. Ken's... We'll have the Offaly semi-finals as well. I think Ken, Ken's boys in Rhinos will be in action. They'll be fancy to, to go all the way, but... Uh, as he said the last day, they, they were coming off a, a bad old defeat against Borough, but they'd still be the fans. Come here, before, before you go away from the Offaly thing, right? Were you watching mm. there for last night? You were on? Mm. No, didn't Johnny see it, no. What, Johnny Johnny Pilkington. Pilkington. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just I, I actually was fascinated there to watch it. Was um, was a great um. It was great. I, I must say, you know, and I don't watch Laker Gale that often, whatever the reason, maybe just for having a dinner or something on a Sunday evening. But actually, I sat down watching it, and he Jesus, he was he was brilliant. And it, it obviously replayed the um, your controversial match and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to laugh at um, 
with the, you were having a drink with uh, Johnny above in the bar, and my son came over to Johnny Pilkington and said, Johnny, you better uh, finish up that when we were matching this weekend. <laughs> I think now, Michael, you'll find out that the referee's decision is final. <laughs> it's, it's a typical of you, and anyway, like, you know. <laughs> it, it fairly swung in the next few hours. <laughs> that God, conversation. It did. It did. It did. But I, I tell you, good, a, good, a good one with Johnny and myself was, and you probably had it as well, Mark, in 99, but I think it was the independent at the time. One of the papers used to do the captain's table, and the two captains would meet up yeah. maybe about yeah. 10 days before the final. And I think you know, there wasn't anything out of it except they might give you an old four ball, I think, for the K Club or something. We, we got it. I did another the one with Conor Gleason, but. With Johnny, they decided that Bird Hill met the Trashers would be kind of halfways. And I, I, I'd leave the car at the time, like, so to get Martin and Michael, the two brothers, decided they'd take a half day and drive me down. And we did it within the <laughs> McAvoy. We did it within the McAvoy, who obviously, with the examiner now, we did it within that at the time. I think it was for one of the Sunday papers. Um, and he'd have it in the week before the match, didn't you know? So the, the myself and Johnny, like, yeah, and they're all new to me, of course. And Johnny, all new to Johnny as well, but that awfully had been there. A couple of times beforehand, he'd, he'd a bit of advice to maybe hand around, but we met anyway. I thought, pleasant. We knew each other, like he'd be a year or two behind me, and, and Declan, his brother, would have been the same year minor as me, so we would have played a, a bit against each other in challenge matches. And that, but we arrived anyway, and Inda said, We got the menus anyway, and Inda said, uh, Sure, you guys won't be having a drink, will you? Sure, and I knew Martin and Michael were going to cross to the Coopers across the road for a couple of points like and coming back by East Clare then like you could back down into Killaloo and across you know um, Johnny I, I live a drop of wine anyway, and I said Jesus this fella this fella just checking me out here now like what's he you know had no point since the semi-final and I said Jesus there's no point having a glass should we get a bottle in there I said bottle a nice bottle of raves Jesus McAvoy was still looking at the two of us but we drank the bottle of red and like it was so warm Pilkett had looked at me and I looked at him like, hey, you're not going to psych me out here, kid. Yeah, you weren't going to give him the upper hand. We often laughed about it afterwards, like that he was he was testing me out, like to see was I going to brilliant. say, oh no, we we don't drink it all, like you know. I saw we love a bottle, we have a bottle, get a bottle. So that was, that was my team. I Johnny Johnny guest man, so he's great. There were great characters that awfully team. That's obviously it's. But you're like Russia. we spoke about we we, saw, we spoke about the Limerick team of 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 your team, teacher, when you come out last week. It's only afterwards you get to know these lads because we, you know, as you said, Mark, no phones and we wouldn't have known each other between no GPAs and stuff like that, you know, so, but yeah, guess, guess, man, guess, man. Yeah, as you say, the awfully shout out as well, lads, just have to give them a shout out um, and hard luck to Dora Bearfield, our old rivals and good chance we'll be meeting them in Intermediate Hurland next year, I'd say, with the results are going for Clarecastle. Uh, but big, big win for Smith O'Brien's Killaloo uh, delighted for them as well now, and I, I wouldn't have minded Dora Bearfield being back up senior either. It'd be great to get them back. Uh, but they've been, I think they were beaten in five intermediate semi finals up to this year and finally got over the line there yesterday. A huge dog fight, 14 points to 12. Um, so I'd say it'd be a good day in Killaloo. <laughs> there won't be any rugby balls being thrown around there today, I'd say, of any sort. Uh, so it's a great, a big thrill for them and a huge year to go up as well out of intermediate because you've two. Senior clubs been relegated, so it's going to be it's going to be hard to win that intermediate and clear next year, and we might have to worry about that. And I want to give a shout out as well, a few good mates up in Ballycran, and the down final had to be transferred to Nori yesterday. I think with the wind and rain, and the pitch in Ballygilgan, I think wasn't wasn't able for her, whether the conditions were too bad up in the yard Peninsula. But huge win for Ballycran over local rivals Portaferry. It was a brilliant game, I believe. Portaferry came from eight or nine points down to. 
bring it to extra time and and they won it next extra time then so good 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 night up there as well I'd say the Blaney boys I'd say were flat out um, so there'll be a good crack in that and, and uh, glad for them uh, huge weekend next weekend Mark I know we had we had Hurland and Cork over the weekend and I suppose especially one for you your neighbours great to see Shemi Harnedy lifting a cup with his own Unbelievable. very small club obviously they're, yeah they're, they're the smallest club in East Cork and they're the last club in East Cork to win the James E. Kelleher Cup so there's a bit of tradition for you there and there's a bit of uh, all the folks broken there um, if, if anybody knows the um, the Pilmore Beach there are pitches down there it's a sand based pitch that was recovered from sand dunes about 30 years ago and um, they're still trying to nail it down as their own but I think they have squatter rights at this moment in time no dressing rooms lads no running water um, just a steel shed and go in and tag out and away we go but the first uh, first East Cork um Title for them, I suppose. Look, um, Martin Welch uh, or Gatch, as we know him, is the, is the manager. He would have been involved with Cork and UCC mm. for a good few years. Padre Gould from the Piercing um, is their coach. And then they've selected Miley Griffin and Sean Hannity and, um, and Art Supple. I don't know whether anybody would, would know Art, but Art is a great show, showman and show band. And um, he sang four songs inside the dressing room um, yesterday. <laughs> In, in Dungorn, the match on in Dungorn, four, like, four. four, four songs, but the whole parish was inside there. I don't know if you ever remember Mickey Hart years ago making a speech inside the town hall and the fog and everything, but after it was inside there, the whole parish was there with him. But um, I suppose a couple of fellas to mention, um, Anthony, you know, the likes of Jim Griffin, who's gone to his eternal reward, would be a person who would have minded the field and minded the club for years and years. And obviously the sponsors, Kieran Marigan, his wife, Cathy, and Coolmara Stables, they're huge supporters of the club as well. Um, but I, I remember that supper was a sector. So they're all sister club, actually, at underage. So we were called Kilitas, and both clubs have got a huge um, amount out of the amalgamation. But after the selector with me in 2005, we won the minor championship. And I always remember them saying, you know, lads, fire in the veins and ice in the brain. And that was always what he's that that was, and I had never heard it until after um, until actually Art said it. But um, you know, it's in and, and of course a couple of families involved as well. The O'Briens, um, Michal, Darren, Kieran, and then you have the Coleman's, Ed and Mark. Um, but I suppose one for like, like Shami Hannity being captain was very very special. And I mentioned it in the pod a couple of weeks ago that I felt that you know William McKilly they had won three counties and he's captain of the three of them. And I thought that. Finishing it off with his club now winning and captaining him to win in East and like winning the East Cork, I can tell you, is as good as winning in All Ireland. Only for him, I would I would suspect like because they have they were nearly defunct on a number of occasions over the last two decades, and they have kept going and kept going. And um, it is a real tribute to them. And I suppose his father Sean has been a selector. He's a selector of the football team in Killer with Glenbower Rovers. He's been a selector with Mickey and he's a selector with the home club Benitez and. Um, I got a phone call this morning. I got a big invitation to go to Falls in uh, <laughs> in uh, uh, tonight in Yon. <laughs> so I can I can be expecting a fair amount of slagging going on tonight, like you know. But uh, <laughs> it was a massive, massive victory for them. I must say, and great, right. and great for the club. Good stuff, good stuff, and good congrats to them. And and uh, no doubt they'll enjoy it. No doubt they'll enjoy it. 
Marky, massive. The Little All Ireland is back on next week. Massive semi finals. Uh, uh, John Milan on to me there yesterday. He said, Hello, what, what do you think? How things will go on Cork? And I said, well, Like, Sarah's would have been the farm team, all I reckon. You know, they obviously were the team that had no quarter final because they qualified the highest rated. Yeah. And um, well, he, he was determined that Black Rock were still awful value at three to one. Like, it, <laughs> he was thinking of investing again. I think he's, in, he's on him at a bigger price than that. But I was saying, like, to be hard to call. With the four teams and obviously the hoggy thing will would be a huge factor in that. Yeah, so the two the two semifinals are panning out. You have Sars and the Glen. <clears throat> that's that's one of the semifinals, and you have Midland and Black Rock. Now, Sars, as you say, are the farm team, and they're unbeaten this year. Um, they gave Midland a fair trimming in the qualifier round as well, which was I suppose unexpected. But as the course of the game went, Sars were getting better and better. Midland just couldn't match them, so. They'll start as favourites in that semi-final against the Glen. Now, if Hoggy plays, that will have a major, I suppose, sh- shifting point, I would say, in some respects. I still think Sars will be good enough to win it. But I tell you, if, if Hoggy plays and the way the Glen played, having had Hoggy sent off, they really sent out a clear message that we're not a one-man team at all. We have players in here like the Simon Kennefix, the... The two Downies, Steve McDonald, Brian Mylan, David Noonan, real quality players. So, like, but I think if Hoggy doesn't play, I think Sarge, I, it would be unlikely that Sarge would be beaten that now. Um, right. The other semi final, the Rockies and Middleton, um, Black Rock are the reigning county champions. And I mentioned the last day about the weather. We've had desperate rain in Cork here for the last two or three days. And I think the longer the championship goes on, the better Black Rock is going to be because they're the most physical team, without question, they're the most physical team in the county. They're huge men, and they're able to hold and play as well. Uh, they got a they got a shock in the first round against the Elton Zone, but they've they've got back and they fought their way back into the semi final, and they were very impressive against Douglas. Now I know Douglas and the men sent off, and they questioned and queried a goal that they conceded during the course of the first half. But look, Black Rock did what they had to do. They put up a massive score in three sixteen. Ty DC, who was involved with the Cox Seniors this year, didn't start for them either this year in the championship. So they have strong reserves, Anthony. They have a really, really good team. And if I decall it, if Sars, I think Sars and Black Rock will be the final. Um, mm. Everybody in the county would love to see the Rockies and the Glen in the final, like we had last year, because we had a classic final last year without any supporters there. If the Glen and the Rockies got to the final, I stand over this, there'll be 20,000 plus people come to see it. If the county board won't flash on the cost now and just put on, just leave people in for a, a tenor, lads, right? Just a tenor, 15 hmm. euros will be tearing the ass out of it, like. But if you want to get 30,000 people, Kevin O'Donovan and Mark Sheehan, just charge a tenor for the county final, please. And young lads in for nothing. Correct. That's it. Correct. That's it. Because okay, I, okay. I can tell you that um, there was huge complaints came in for the semi-final. They charged 15 quid for a double header. And, you know, most patrons now, unfortunately, don't hang around for the second game. And yeah. the fellas coming in for the second game were complaining and having to pay 15 quid. To, and they won't see, they only had 10 minutes maybe in the first game. So it, it isn't though that, that hurling supporters are going to watch two matches. There's only about 10% of people actually going to watch both matches. Other people are just, I'm from Glen, I'm from the Rockies, I'm from Sars, I'm from Midland, I just yeah. want to go and see my team playing. 
And I just think the 15 euros in the semi final is probably a bit classic, you know. Double header mark 15 euros would be good value, I would say. Like, given what's going on in the world today and to go anywhere now costs money, to be fair to the GA for a double header, I wouldn't see 15 euros. I, 10 euros for a county final would be cheap. I'm sure, Mark, if you wanted to go and see a Chiron in Parky Cueve or you wanted to go and see somebody else who are nowhere near as good as some of the hurlers we have, you will pay handsomely for it. So what I would say is I'm normally quick to give out about the GA. I'd be harder on the GA about charging parents a five or eight euros to go and see their young fellas playing for a little county semi-final and county final. I think on county semi-final day and county final day, 10 euros or 15 euros, go and see it, lads. It's worth every penny. He's after losing his shot over in Weatherby, you see. He's, over in Weatherby, okay. Right, right. Matt, just, <laughs> I see, the bookmakers do have SARS as outright favourites, followed by Big Blackrock and Middleton, the outsiders of the four, and the Glen, obviously, and Blackrock tight. Like, if you were to nail one or nail the colours to the mess, I'll go back to the Limerick Championship at this stage. Kilmallock were the outsiders of the four at semi-final stage, and they, and, and, and they went on to win it. If you were to nail your colours to the mess in Cork right now, which way are you tipping? Yeah, what should John I, Milan I, do here, Mark? What should John huh? Milan do, yeah? What should John Milan do here? Bear, bear in mind, Delo, it's safer gambling week, so we want all our listeners and punters out there to gamble safely and be very careful. Of Absolutely. Them. We, give, yeah. we give, him a win, give him the winner, so we'll be Give him the winner, so <laughs> yeah. I, I would have to agree with John Milan. I think BlackRock, our value at 11 to 4, 3 to 1, it cuts out the draws. Um, I think they should be good enough to get over Middleton. I think Middleton have struggled uh, in the last number of games. I think they'll be in the final. And any team in the final at 11 to 4, I think that is very, very good value. I, I'm yeah. sticking for BlackRock to go back to back counties. Okay. Okay. And he was right last year at fancy prices on him. So we, we can't be able to give him that one. Like, he knows he's on scene. Uh, we, we, we have to mention the Orion Cup. Uh, in Tipperary for Larry, uh, a great win for the Kenyans against, I think, a fancy casual team. And uh, Temple Derry now and Kilnall will, will line up in the final bubbles. Uh, I think maybe got a goal there for Kilnall, um, beating St. Mary's in Clonmel. So Larry uh, could be a bit shook here in a fortnight's time after the, the tip finals. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably, list he's probably listening there somewhere. And Dale, before you go for Cork, the Senior A uh, quarterfinals ran over the weekend. Bright Rovers had a big win over against a much fancy Bellarney team <clears throat> that had the likes of Shane Barrett and Paddy Power in their in their lineup. Um, but there's two young lads, two young lads coming from Bright Rovers that should should take note of Owen Roach and Brian Roach, twin brothers. They're twins. Oh, they're yeah. really really good boys now. They're yeah. quality players. They're 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 after actually setting up a mouthwater in semi final against Faber O'Neill's now which will be a local derby. And they, they played each other last year, and Fabronis were well over them, but, but Bright Rovers are certainly a bit better this year. Um, and then in the other quarterfinal, you had Town, who narrowly scraped through out of, the, um, out of the preliminaries against my own club in Killer. They were out of the championship on the 66th minute, and they were back in the championship on the 67th minute with a last-minute point. that Killer cleared three times, and the referee still didn't blow up. And then he came in and went over the bar, put him through to the quarterfinal. They're now in the semi-final, and they play Cantor minus Anthony Nash, which is a great trial of Cantor to get back to the semi-final. So there's a mouth-watering mouth senior A uh, semi-finals coming up there. Cantor can lose his own, and Fowler needs and Bright Rovers. Really, okay, really cool. good stuff. And would the plan be, Mark, that they'd have 
that on before the county final. Normally, it was always the way, wasn't it? Um, well, well, even if it was well, primary intermediate. Correct, exactly. So it was normally the intermediate final would be on before the senior, but there's now two senior grades. So I okay. think they'll probably still go with maybe the primary. Like, part of the problem was that Immokinney were in the final for a couple of years, so they, they'd be forcing the fixtures in yeah. some respects. I'd say the senior A hurling would probably take on a weekend of its own, and the Premier Senior would be a weekend of its own. Probably proceeded with an intermediate final, I would expect. Okay, okay, good stuff. We look forward to that. Next weekend, the examiner will be live streaming that. Mark's dulcet tones will be available on the core commentary, no doubt, for the semis. Um, and that's that's great coverage as well from, from the all-new Parky Keeve. And even with the weather bad, the surf is so good in Parky Keeve, you can really look forward to good, fast hurling, yeah. you know. So yeah. I think that's that's, yeah, that's no, we it, look forward it, to that. It, it, it is, Anthony, if getting some among the matches, like it is covering... Like there was three or four football matches on there over the weekend and hurling matches as well. It is taking some pounding with games and the pitch mm. is still immaculate. Like is there's great credit down to the decision makers, but obviously the men that laid the pitch down as well. It's in fantastic order, I must say. It took you a while, but you got it right second time around, Mark and Francis. Yeah. We get the only idea. Good stuff, lads. Um we've a good bit to look forward to the next week, so and um, we'll uh We'll touch base with you. All right, TJ, have you any have you any raffles to sell or anything or shout out to anyone there? We had no 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 major shout outs no against me this week. I was away for parts of it. Just before you go, Adela, I was listening to and reading about a 1960s village shop in Clare there a bit over the last couple of days. Uh, so it sounds pretty old and archaic. So Mr. Lockman's article was pretty hard hitting once again on the county board and this is kind yep. of the saga that rumbles on. Maybe it's not a story for us for today, but it's kind of something that's uh, coming towards the business end of the year and what happens next, I suppose, is the key question, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and the thing is, TJ, you know, people could be saying, and again, I'd send all money back into pubs since June, I suppose, so I'm getting back to use to this lifestyle again, but the amount of people are saying, you'll be sick of it at this stage, they'll be saying, right? Yeah. And you've got a bit of that, even in text message yesterday, but if we're sick of it, it's going to be just this report, this committee was elected, they were asked to go in and look into all the various branches of Clear GA, what's wrong, what's right, what needs to be done. They've come up with a report. It's a damning report on, on the, the powers that be that have been there for a lot of years now on the facilities in terms of Carl Lohan. Some of the stuff on Brian Lohan's, you know, the support he needs that he's not getting and fundraising, general stuff like that. Um, and like if, if, if Joe Lockdown doesn't highlight the likes of that, I, and he said it, the likelihood is nothing will happen. And it's to be debated, I think, on Wednesday night at a county board meeting. And the worry is, we, do we have the delegates going in there to, to stand up and say, hey, we have the report. We need, well, so that's, that's, I think, what Gerald was pushing it again. And he said, we, we won't. Yeah. And it'll be just trun there and people will bury their head in the sand and drive on and just do the same yeah. oil, same oil. And I've called it out. I've called it out in my columns. I've called it out here. We just need change. We need fresh thinking. We need fresh voices. And there are people there. Club Clare have shown that. They came in as a fundraiser and raised a lot of money later on last year. And you know what? The amount of people that got on to me, I did a bit of advertising. We all did a bit from, you know, pushing it. 50 quid for an individual one. I don't know what the family one was. It 100 quid. amount of people that just said, is this going to the teams and not to the county board? And I said, yeah, that's where it's going. It's going to Clare Camogie as well as all our underage and our senior hurling teams and the Camogie as well. 
or said, oh, Jesus, yeah, I'll yeah. sign up for that. I'll sign up for that. We'll send yeah. me on the link. And that's, that's, that's yeah. where people are at in Clare. They're disillusioned. You know, look, there's people have done a lot of good work back the years. I've said that. But we need freshness. We need change. And that's, that's desperately crying out for. And I think Gerard's right to be highlighting that. And if I have to chime in on that again today and agree with everything Gerard said, that we, we just so need uh, change in Clare J.A. Yeah, it was a hard-hitting article, no, and I, I, I do see where Jar's coming from. And to be fair to clubs and counties up and down the country, right, vision and leadership and ambition has got to be key because the GA of where it is now, it's, I, I said about looking at the Dublin Championship, about the, the physical shape of the players, right, is where the inter-county scene was five or six years ago. And there's an awful lot of clubs now that I know of that have gyms and they're starting to put them in place and starting to put in astroturfs in their, mm-hmm. their place and they're lit and they're trying to be self-sufficient going forward because it looks like with potentially a split season that you're going to need all these facilities and you need that visionary in clubs in order to say this is where we need to be in 10 years time it's tough to get there but if that's not happening at intercounty at the clear level at county like you'd have somebody has to stand up and say lads what is the plan or what is the five-year plan yeah and to read and to read about the, the center of excellence needing a half a million at this stage already like you'd say, she says that, that, that's very difficult. And like in fairness to Clare, that on the pitch they've been very good. And obviously the likes of Tony Kelly and his ilk, they're very ambitious. They want to play at the highest level. And sure, not matching that ambition is failing, really, isn't it? It is. It is unfortunately, and um, it just needs addressing. Tj, and we're you're looking at what what's happening in Offaly, as well, Mark. You're looking at what happened in Cork. You know, you're looking yeah. at the change that came in Cork and, and, and you, you have to say yeah. Cork are progressing. You know, Cork are coming. And, you know, I, I just think it, it, it's hugely... And, and look, I, I, look I, I, I say this now, right? I have no problem saying it, right? Because um, our chairperson, Tracy Kennedy, from Killer, was the person that actually did pull the plug on Frank at the end of the day, right? And it wasn't, it was a case just Frank, right? Okay, look. As you know, your term is up, like, and the board is not going to be extending it. Now, the pre, the three previous chairmen hadn't the gumption to go in and do that because they didn't want to do that, and they didn't want to be the person maybe to be seen to do that when they all knew that his term was up. But there was always an excuse, and it was extended because of the stadium or because of this, that, and the other, right? But the reality was that neither one of them wanted to have their hands in the gun when the when the trigger was pulled. And Frank, I have no problem in saying this, right? Frank was a great ambassador for Cork, fantastic Corkman, but his time had come where new blood was required. And Kevin O'Donovan has picked up the ball since then. And a lot of clubs will probably criticize Kevin, I've no doubt, because of change and stuff like that. But change is always going to hurt people. There's no point in saying otherwise people are slow to change. We're slow to change ourselves. We don't agree with everything that happens, but you have to say, you know, since he's come in, we've won a minor football, we've won another 20 football, we've won a minor hurling, and we won two under 20 hurlings. Now, that's five All-Irelands mm. across both codes in a short period of time. We've been to an All-Ireland senior hurling final as well. So that's that's good progress, I would say. Um, but massive, massive work still to be done. Also, you'd have to say, like, the progression in, in terms of the management. So Pat Ryan was there for the last two years. Pat's no longer going forward. Uh, but his existing management have been kept in place under Don Romani. I'm not sure is it fully announced yet. Noel Furlong, who had brought the minors from under 15 right up, 
his turn was up. Paddy Murray, who would come in behind him, he's going to automatically take on the minors. And some people will look in from the outside and say, God, that's a poor decision. Why aren't they leaving the um why aren't they leaving the existing management in place? So what's happening in Cork is the succession planning actually going on. Donald Cusick was there the year previous. So now you have Donald Cusick, you've Lord Fallon, and you've Paddy Murray. And then you're looking for three, look, there's three individual managers that potentially could take on the mantle going into the future. So with Cork are trying to build new managers as well behind the scenes. And I think that's very, very important as well. So that's a little bit of what's going on, I suppose, from Cork point of view. Yeah, and look at you. We can see already the feel good with Offley since Michael got the reins there. Look, it's hard. Some people just get into these jobs and it becomes a way of life and they just find it hard to let go. And I, I don't think there's anybody has any great malice for what had anything in the past is in the past now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. We need to move on. Yeah. I think it's a pivotal yeah. week for, for clergy delegates. Pivotal week, you know, and a pivotal couple of weeks coming ahead to, to the annual convention. And we need change, unfortunately. That's that's my call on it. So, yeah. good stuff, Anthony, Good because, stuff. Go on, the, the other thing I'd like to say, right? I just picked up the examiner this morning, right? And I looked at all the counties that they had reports from Cork, Clare, Kerry, Tip, Waterford, Dublin, Offaly, Tyrone, a picture from Galway, Padre, Joyce, and Keane O'Neill, Roscommon, Leash. Like, like, what paper in the country is covering that amount of GA? Then you also had minor, junior, intermediate, senior A and senior covered within that. So it's not just about the senior we're talking about. And then you had relegation and your county finals as well. So like they're covering every section of GA. And I must say, like, it's not, and this is because it's, an, it's because we're GA is why I'm actually saying this, right? It has to, without doubt, you'd have to put your hands up and say to the example, fair play. For the job that they are doing in terms of being able to get reports, Larry said he's wrecked. Larry said he's wrecked. He's up on nine. He was up on nine. 24-7. I know, fair play. Like, so I look at, I have my copy here, but I open up at two o'clock in the Monday and Mick Shea brings the examiner home with him then after his couple of pints as he is he's reading then for the night and he's outstanding. And as he always says to me every Monday, they're the only crowd that still do the coursing. <laughs> so yeah, I'll tell you, we get the course and results and the draws. Unfortunately, we had Chiro, Chiro, our, our little greyhound, the seven of us, Stephen Sheedy and my brother Michael and Tommy Howard, etc. Uh, we were in the ledger in Limerick, uh, TJ. We, we big plans for this fellow. He done a great clock in Shelburne Park there a few weeks ago. But he got knocked at the first bend. So we didn't qualify. We didn't qualify. He was three to qualify. But he's young. He's young. He'll be learning. Uh, so we get getting back to Shelburne, I think. It, I think we're better off in Dublin. It's a bit like Clare when we get to Crow Park. We're dangerous, TJ. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Great stuff. Great stuff. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, man. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission wants to show. Our mission wants to show. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.